All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect this member and discuss horror movies. Today... I have a confession to make, and I will fully own up to this. I know we said in the last episode that we are going to go ahead and review the Boogeyman. Uh, however, uh, Dan fucked up. <laughs> so basically, yes, it was a very bad, busy past couple of weeks for me, and I had planned to see it on a Monday, but when I took a look at the showtimes, the local theater near me uh, is no longer playing the movie, and the closest theater would be about an hour away, and I was just, I couldn't dedicate an entire afternoon or evening to go ahead and drive all the way out there, drive all the way back. So I promise you when it comes out on digital, we will certainly go ahead and watch that, and we will certainly go ahead and review it. I believe it's going to come out in August, so I will go ahead and see it then. In the meantime, we've got another movie for you all. Um, quickly wrap up on that front, but before we do that, Andrew, you saw Boogeyman, correct? Uh, I did. Would you recommend it? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Like, for anybody, it's de- it's different. We'll talk about this a lot more in the episode. It's definitely, I feel like it's a very different tone. It's a lot more kind of like a modern horror movie than than the short story is. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. Like, it's, you know, it's, I, it, it oddly gives me nostalgia for like an era of movies. Um, for like that 90s, early 2000s era of horror movies. Um, nice. So, yeah, it, it, it was enjoyable. All right, sounds good. Well, I am excited to see it as well. We will certainly go ahead and do an episode on that in the future. But in the meantime, we switched on over to something else, and we are going to do the 2017 Japanese zombie comedy film, One Cut of the Dead. We figured a little bit something more lighthearted would be better after our last episode, Eden Lake. Um, This one, I believe, recently came out in Shudder, and it's making its way through kind of just horror circles in terms of being a little bit of a cult classic. Uh, Extremely, extremely low-budget movie. It was made for a budget of about 3 million yen at the time, which is like $25,000. Yes, five digits, uh, absolutely nothing on that (laughs) front. And it's just a kind of a creative premise uh, for a horror movie that I haven't seen too many other ones before. Uh, before we get into it, though, Andrew, how the hell are you doing? I, uh, you know, I am doing great. Uh, I've been playing on not a lot, but I've started just playing that new Alien Stark Descent game that came out. Um, and I will say, this was the game that I told myself I was not going to buy. Uh, well, like a lot of things, the Alien kind of come out, where I'm like, I'm not going to buy that. Yeah, I don't need that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's okay. But then, like, you know, I kind of like look over at it, and it's there, and it's Alien. I'm like, I, I guess I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll buy you. Um, yeah, and I, I just picture yeah. you like logging on to Steam, and it's like right in your recommended interactive viewer at the very top, and you're just like, "I knew I can't quit you." That, that's I basically can't what quit it was. You. Well, because I, I still haven't <laughs> beat Alien um, Fireteam Elite. I don't know. I, I don't. I didn't love it. I don't, like it's. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like for me, I'm not really a big fan of the Alien Colonial Marine aspect of Alien. Like I'm really more into like the lore of the Alien. Like that's why again, like, that's why I love the Prometheus and uh, Alien Covenant. I really am into that kind of lore building. Uh, kind of aspect of Alien, and I'm not as much into the Marines aspect, so that's why Aliens really isn't my favorite of the of the franchise. Um, and that's what they feel like the media has been doubling down on a lot um, lately. Like, I think ever since Alien Isolation, that's really been all we've gotten. Um, mm-hmm. So I've not been as big on those. Um, so this one's kind of like, eh. But I, I will say, I, I, I appreciate the XCOM-like commanding aspect of that. I think that, that does add more tension to it that I, I'm have not really used to in these kind of games. Um, so I, I'm really enjoying that. Um, and also, in addition to seeing The Boogeyman, I saw like four movies in theaters recently. I saw The Boogeyman, The Flash, 
Transformers Rise of the Beasts and uh, Spider-Man pretty recently. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I think Boogeyman might be not the worst of them. <laughs> uh, uh, Transformers is bad. And Flash, I, I'm oddly okay with. Um, but, really? Okay, gotcha. What yeah. about Spider-Man? What did you think of Spider-Man real quick? Uh, Spider-Man, I'm oddly not as okay with as I want him to be. I think visually okay. amazing, but a major conceit of the story I have issues with. Um, okay. I, I, I would I love to talk about that with you offline as well. <laughs> did it regard the ending? It involved everything with Spider-Man 2099 and okay. Society of Peters. That, that's okay. from the trailer. So I'm not spoiling anything. I just I find yes. that very hard to believe. Uh, okay. I find I find that and the conceit, especially because I think the Flash is a very similar premise to a degree, that I think takes approaches it in a different way. I think again the, the conceit of, um, of both movies is in the trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. Spider-Man is uh, you know one to say one to stop a tragedy from happening that they say is predestined, and then the Flash about stopping a tragedy in the past from occurring. And they're, they're different issues, but I think they both kind of, you know, they're similar concepts and also deal with multiverses and stuff. And I, I almost appreciate the way Flash handles it a little bit more than I think the, there's so many holes in the logic of what's going on and like, in, not only in who said the things in Spider-Man and what's going on and the, the conclusions they draw, but also in under, then applying that idea that every other Spider-Man accepts that logic baffles me. And I, I don't know, mm-hmm. like that. Um, but beautiful vi- visuals, beautiful taking pages right out of, uh, uh, Spider Gwen original comic book is amazing, like a beautiful artwork. But I just I don't I, the the first movie is like literally one of the best movies ever, like top ten movies of mm-hmm. my, my life. And so does yeah. this one. My my biggest complaint with Spider Verse is just it is very obviously a part one, and mm-hmm. I can't really make a full judgment on it until we see if it sticks to the landing or not. So yeah, I, I think there are some twists they could pull out, which would make me accept what happens more in the beginning of this one. So. That if, if they play it dry the way that it's set up in this movie, I'll be disappointed. If they put a twist in it, there's a couple of twists I could see going on, especially based on the Spider-Verse comics. I could see how they, mm-hmm. how they pull that off. But, nah. Cool, cool. How yeah, are you man. doing? Um, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, what have I been up to the past week? I honestly don't know. Um, I had a three-day work week this week, which was nice. Oh, uh, I had uh, Juneteenth off, and I also took PTO today for Final Fantasy 16 that just came out, which would. I am currently recording this podcast instead of playing right now. It's sitting in my PlayStation. I haven't even started it yet because <gasps> I had so much shit to do. And I took PTO for today, too, but I just had so many errands to run, and I'm just like, Ugh. So, yes. But uh, anyway, no, it's overall, it's pretty good. I didn't realize that we had Monday off until after I took the PTO, so basically... Every single one of my coworkers crammed a whole bunch of meetings into the three days that I was here. <laughs> but we got through. We got fine. That's cool. Um, I do want to give a recommendation as well. I wouldn't give it like a super, super high recommendation, but I will say like this is a nice little bedtime raining. Um, when I went back to Chicago, uh, my hometown, to just uh, attend my cousin's wedding, we stopped in a uh, bookstore in Wicker Park, and um, I picked up a copy of Nightmare Fuel by Nia, Nina Nezeth. Um, and it's basically dives into the horror uh, or the science of horror films. Ooh. Like there is a whole chapter dedicated to, you know, 
the cultural trends that influenced um, horror movies during that time, uh, that time period. Like, this is what the 80s were all about. This is what the 90s were all about societally. And then also to the very first chapter is like, what triggers the fear complex and the abogata in your brain? And, you know, how can you kind of, what, what, what has research shown to kind of help out you enjoy horror movies more, that sort of thing. So uh-huh. it's an interesting read. It's very surface level. The same author had another um, book as well called The Science of Orphan Black. So that kind of tells you where her background is. Okay. She's very obviously a science nerd. Um, but yeah, it's a nice little easy read. Uh, she does a good job of like summarizing all the different research and studies and um, that sort of thing. Uh, experiments, basically, in terms of how scientists kind of came to these conclusions and how they found that out and that sort of thing. So I would recommend it. It's a nice little easy read. I wouldn't say it's an amazing book, but I would give it a four out of five. I'm nearly done with it. I got like two chapters left, but have been reading that before bed. Um, yeah. Sounds Other than that, I cool. haven't been doing much, honestly. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, ready to get into one cut of the dead? Let's do it. All right, sounds good. So, One Cut of the Dead. Um, I am going to warn you and just say that this is one of those movies where the less you know going into it, the better. Um, But I think we will have to give our general impressions just so you can see if you want to watch this or not. So, Andrew, what did you think of One Cut of the Dead? So, I originally hated this movie um, uh, Mm -hmm. because of the uh, first half. Not hated it, but I was hoping that it would be more fun. Uh, But then once I didn't know anything of it, so... Dan, this was Dan's suggestion. I had heard of it, but I didn't know anything about it. So I went into this movie completely blind. Um, I think by the end of this episode, you'll have a rough idea of what this is about. But I've never gone faster from hating to loving a movie. Like, mm-hmm. first hour, I was, like, literally, like, I actually fell asleep watching it. And I had, like, get up and, like, drink an energy drink because I was just, like, falling asleep and I was so bored. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, is this really an hour and a half long of this? I can't take this. Where is this movie going to go? Um and then there is a conceit, a, a flip in the movie, which again I think we'll talk about because I think it's it's not like a secret of what the movie's about unless you're like me and just don't know anything about it. But when the movie mm-hmm. changed from the end of the the in movie movie, uh, I loved it, and I it was it ended up being such like a happy kind of like uh, very like wholesome uh, film that I just was not expecting. And it was it was an absolute pleasure to watch. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I really liked it too. I wouldn't say like it's absolutely amazing or anything, but like you said, it did leave me in a very happy mood. And I was just like, I'm glad this movie exists. This is this is nice. I like this. Um, I 100% agree, though. And this is something I've read a lot of people talk about as well, because I didn't know anything about this movie either. I just saw some people recommend it and kind of was like a trendy non shutter. So I'm like, all right, sure, we'll go for it. Um, but yeah, if you are hating the first half hour, and you are bored out of your mind, stick with it that is intentional and you'll find out why later on and i can't say anymore without spoilers but um yeah that is something that um a lot of people are saying the same thing for but yeah all right so uh we really can't talk about this movie at all without getting into spoiler territory so if you are interested in this movie i would say it is a fun zombie movie that gives you a happy 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 healthy feeling at the very end yeah and and again i do i do think that the, the I think we can spoil the general plot of it because I don't think that's hidden from what the movie is. I don't think. Like, do you, do you... Is it? I, I haven't seen any trailers of this movie, so. Yeah, well, let me. Okay. Let I me, would rather. Let me, let me look at would... the IMDb of it real quick and see if the IMDb okay. tells you. Because I, I feel like this has to be. Everyone has to know what this movie is. Uh, uh, the description, I have it pulled up actually. Things <laughs> go badly for a hack director and a film crew shooting a low budget zombie movie in an abandoned World War II Japanese facility when they are attacked by real zombies. 
So yeah, really? I, I don't think I don't think it's promoted. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes description says. Brainy and bloody in equal measure, One Cut of the Dead reanimates the morbid zombie genre with a refreshing blend of formal daring and clever satire. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my um, gosh. Okay, that's crazy. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. surprised. I, I, don't, I don't think the twist is going to ruin it, personally, if you know it beforehand. But mm. at the same time, it is... It, it, to me, personally, I, I really enjoyed just the fact that it was just like, okay, where's this movie going once the twist hits? Mm, that's um, good yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So then, so then more of just say, like... I feel like before we hop into the spoilers, just like, you know, watch the movie. And even if the first half hour, like, it's going to feel arduous. It did for me. It sounds like it did for you as well, Dan. It's, mm-hmm. it's 100% worth definitely. it. Keep going. 100% worth it. Go yeah. past it. Most definitely. 100%. All right. Cool. So getting into spoiler territory now. If you are interested in a lighthearted, fun little zombie movie, definitely would recommend this one. And now we are in spoiler territories. So those of you who haven't watched the movie, I'm sure you're dying to know what exactly happened. So I'll go ahead and summarize the movie for you real quick. So we start with um, a, I mean, obviously this is a indie Japanese movie. Uh, We star a bunch of Japanese actors and a crazy, crazy director who basically is filming a low budget zombie movie. And this is, they basically show the, some of the characters, like the main girl who's basically being verbally abused by the director who is just absolutely crazy. Her boyfriend is one of the zombies, one of the main zombies, one of the actors. Um, or I guess it's kind of like an on and again, off again. I don't know if they specifically state their boyfriend, girlfriend, but there's definitely something going on between them. Mm-hmm. Um, but as they continue to go on in, they're attacked by zombies. And just the first half hour is just, okay, they're filming a movie about zombies, but they're actually attacked by real zombies. That is what we were talking about in terms of it is terrible. It is so boring. It is very cliched. The acting is awful. There are certain points where I was thinking to myself, do they just need to fill time or something? Because <laughs> yeah. this conversation is adding nothing to the plot whatsoever. And it's just so boring. The characters are dumb. And I'm just like, okay, this is awful. And also, too, like the quality of the film is obviously very low grainy. Um, and just every, everything about it is awful. And then a half hour in, exactly at the, like, the 29, 30 minute mark, credits roll. And I'm just like, huh. Okay, well, I guess it was kind of cool that it was a single one-shot take the entire time for that half hour, but there's an hour left in the movie. That's a little bit weird. And then the movie zooms out again, and the rest of the movie is basically an hour-long film about how this one-shot, one-cut-of-the-dead movie was made. So we have a movie about making movies, about making movies, about being attacked by zombies, and... The second half of the film, the second, third, and the third, third is all about the behind the scenes stuff. And that's when like the production gets so much better. The video quality gets so much better. The acting gets so much better. The editing gets so much better. And you're realizing that the first half hour is just completely intentional in terms of how terrible it is. And of course, there's a lot of weird hijinks behind the scenes. Like I was talking about some conversations just keep going on and on and on. And you're thinking to yourself, what does this add to the plot? Well, we see the behind the scenes when the 
basically last segment of the movie shows what happens when they filmed that first 30 minutes and what happened behind the scenes and all the stuff that went wrong. Like one of the characters has diarrhea and so they have to quickly replace him or just basically like have him force him to shit in the woods and then he comes on in. Another character like they have to buy for time so they basically just say just say anything, say anything at all. We got to keep the camera rolling because we only have enough film for one shot and that's why the conversation that doesn't add into the plot comes on in. So like all the issues you have with the first 30 minutes, it's very intentional. And then they address it all in the final third as to what happened. And overall, it it is a movie just kind of about the joy of filmmaking. And even though everything could go wrong with this production, eventually it turns into something passable. Um, so that's kind of how it goes on that front. So yeah, um, what was your exact reaction when like the twist started? Oh, I so when the twist first started, I was actually still kind of down. I was still like, fuck this movie. Because um, mm-hmm. it ended, like, well, I was like, so the ending, uh, so the ending of the short film ends with um, this one girl, uh, the, the main girl of the, of the short film, uh, killing the director of the, uh, in the movie, um, and then she's standing in, like, a pentagram as the camera pans up over her, and she's standing there with, like, an axe in her hand, all bloody, and at that point, I was like, ooh, what's gonna happen? I was like, I, it, it had me. And I was like, I was like, oh, this pentagram, now. all right, all right. Show me how, what's the cause for these weird zombies. That, you know, like it bought me in and then it cut to that. And I was like, you son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but um, like at first I was like, again, like I was, I was so down, like I don't care. But then they started going into like this, the, the director, like when they started pitching the idea of like, oh, this this is our idea. We're going to do this one cut, this live one cut production. I got really interested and I, I started to really enjoy it. Like as we got to know the characters, I started to recognize like, oh, wait, that's his wife. That was the makeup artist in the movie. Like. I really started to enjoy that. And I think, like, mm-hmm. I was surprised at how, like, human of a film this was. Because at first I was kind of wondering, like, is this, like, a, like, is this an actual, like, documentary on the making of this movie as the way it started out? And then, like, the more I kind of started to realize, no, it's going to come, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's a script and it's, you know, kind of a, almost like a parody and poking fun at the making of movies. I, I could not be happier with it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really heartwarming, really fun movie. And it's made even better, too, where during the actual movie credits at the very end of the film, the very last thing you watch, excuse me, they go ahead and show you the actual, like, behind-the-scene footage Mm. of making this actual real-life movie with the actual production crew and everything. So there's, like, I don't know, five or six layers of meta at this point. And I was just like, okay, whatever. Um, But, yeah, it's it's a cute little movie on that front. Um, Any moments that kind of stood out to you on this? I mean, I see. I like, and it's so cheesy. And again, like, I, uh, like I think that like it's the wholesomeness of this movie. But the end where everybody works together. Uh, mm-hmm. So like, so you know, like we talked about, like there, there's so much going. So again, the plot of this movie, like the first half is the, is the action movie. The second half, them setting up this movie, like getting the cast and getting everybody to come. Um, and the third half is is you know filming the actual scene. And it's it's literally like I forget what that um what that play is. There's a play that's all about like how which is about people filming or putting on a play. It's a play about people putting on a play, and then within the play, everything's going wrong while they're putting it on at the end. And they, okay, and so I got this one, because I've actually seen that in real yeah. life. I saw that in Charleston. Um, it's called, and this is this is going to be really hard to remember, The Play That Goes Wrong. No, it's not called that. Well, that, that it oh, is no. One, but this is another one. I've heard okay. of that one. This is a different one. So, that, I, But I assume that was the same, I assume it's the same thing. But it was that same thing where you get to watch people filming, and as Dan mentioned earlier, like you see everything going wrong. So like the awkward pauses, the somebody running it bringing up what their hobbies are um <coughs> excuse me um and was it called boof or whatever they called it just like boof as a uh poem a poem that's it yes poem, poem as, uh, as, as a self-defense kind of 
something to say. Yes. Like uh, amazing. Uh, but, but it all culminates in this crane shot where, um, unfortunately the crane they had actually broke. It got like, thrown off the side of the building in one of the scenes they were shooting. Um, so it ends with basically all the entire cast making human pyramid to film, uh, the scene where the, where the camera pans up above the girl in the pentagram and just mm-hmm. seeing that happen and see how everybody gets like, you know, works together. It was such like a, like, I don't know, like, I was, like, giddy. I was like, yeah, look at all those people working together. Look at all those people who are assholes, like, to each other. And, like, I kind of liked it because it was that idea that everyone was angry. Like, you know, the guy who's pooping his pants. Um, the person, the um, main actress is being, like, a prima donna about doing getting dirty. And, like, uh, the the pop star who, like, you know, didn't want wanted to seem all deep and, like, have his ideas heard. They all culminate. They all work together at the end to make this human pyramid to film this one shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that. It was, like... I think, like, you know, for the commentary about making film, it's this idea that all these people come together. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And, you know, even if they don't agree with each other, even if there's, like, all this drama at the end, it's that finished product that they all kind of are happy about and proud to contribute to. Like, I think that metaphor of building the pyramid to, to make a shot, I think is really great. Um, um, <coughs> sorry, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit of cold. Um, I love that scene. Like, I can't, cannot say enough about that scene and how uh, internally happy that made me. Um, yeah, no, it's a great way to end the movie, just looking at all their strained faces as they're literally supporting each other to get that final shot of the movie, knowing that this is going to be their only take, their only time they're going to be able to film this. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of a love for filmmaking at that point. And I know we've talked about this in previous movies, but uh, that we reviewed, it's just there. there's something about horror movies that really draw a lot of amateur filmmakers like we were talking about how as we when we were kids, we kind of worked with our friends to make our own little horror movies or our horror shorts or that sort of thing and developed the fake blood and everything like that. Um, and it's just something about kind of like heartwarming besides just let's make a horror movie together. Maybe because the plots are simple and the special effects can be pretty simple too, or at least you can get a lot of mileage out of like camera tricks and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it, it, it kind of instilled that sense of like childlike wonder in me again. So Yeah. Are there any other scenes that kind of stood out for you really strongly? Um, yeah, the, uh, the, 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 oh gosh, what was it, Pow? Poe? Oh, Poem. Poem, that's it, Poem, yes. I knew it started with a P. Uh, yeah, Poem the entire time, just because it kept going over and over and over again. I just, I loved how the character director, when, during the first segment, the the actual movie, the, the movie that they're filming, the, the, the fake movie, um, I, I just love how that character is just constantly shouting, keep rolling, keep rolling, yeah. and they're just like, you know, you know the movie's going to hear you yelling this, right? It's like you are ruining the take by well, yelling, keep rolling. So, Well, and that's what that's one of the biggest conceits that really worked for me because I, I, I think at one point I texted you and I was like, I have so many, I, I'm really confused about what's going on in this movie yep. because when the movie first starts, uh, the, the one cut of the dead, the film within the film that you're watching for the first mm-hmm. half hour, I wasn't sure. I'm like, is this a found footage film? Are we watching somebody filming the actors when the zombie ha- happens? Because I read somewhere about how, like, crazy director won't let them stop filming. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. You know, so that that's the plot of this movie, is that there's a cameraman filming the zombie movie in the movie, and the zombies attack, so he just keeps filming. I'm like, okay, that's interesting, but he's doing some really weird shit with this camera. Um, <coughs> and, like, at one point, I was like, oh, wait, maybe this isn't, like, found footage. Maybe this isn't Maybe we don't have, like, a, it's a diagenic. Maybe we don't have a camera within the scene where this guy holding it. This is just the camera for the film. And it's shaky at times because, you know, it's not professionally done. And at one mm-hmm. point, the then, the then he turns the director, he's, or the, the director turns to the camera and says, keep filming. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess never mind. I guess <laughs> there is a person behind this camera in the movie. Okay. And then, like, there's a scene where, like, the um, 
poem woman is chasing the main girl and the camera's following her, turning around, zooming up, turning around. And so it's obviously a person in the movie doing this. And I was so confused. And then when we cut to the actual filming of this movie, when we cut to the characters filming One Cut of the Dead, and I guess the second layer removed from the film, you realize that no, no, this was actually supposed to be a regular film where there was not a cameraman, you know, present within the story. But because of what was going wrong, they kind of incorporated that into it. They made it, they made it like him, you know, him yelling at the camera, keep filming, da 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 da. That was him like improvising, which made it feel like this was a found footage film, uh, which mm -hmm. I really liked. Like it, I, I, again, like it's it's that it's it's a, it's an amazing, you know, it's like it's like rewatching a mystery movie where you start to see the pieces fall into place. Except you get that experience in the same movie, which I think is amazing. Like I love. I love that you get that second watch through experience while just watching the movie the first time. Um, mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, uh, and actually, another scene that I really liked in this movie is the casting call scene with the first read through. Yes, I, I really like that too. It was such a good job of like showing like all the problems I feel like that occur in these movies and you know in these things. Mm -hmm. There's like you know we mentioned that there's the there's like the, the so they talk about everybody. There's there's two pop stars. There's there's a teen idol or not teen, I better probably nomination teen, which is an idol. There's an idol who they're like. Hey, uh, in part of the script, you get thrown up on, and she's like, oh, "My agency wouldn't like that," and and like so they're like, "Oh, well, fuck that." And then there's the the pop star who's like tries to be all philosophical, like, "Oh man, this is really about racism," and everyone's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Um, and like I love it because even one get one of the like, the you know there's then there's the kind of the newbie actor who's just happy to be there, and he's like, "Oh, uh, where's where's the racism here? I, I didn't understand. Can you, can you tell me? Like I'm really you know he's trying to be like." part of the team and they're like nah fuck off man like they won't tell him what it is because <laughs> the guy's just bullshitting and then there's the very needy the very like needy actor who's like oh I can't have the certain water it makes me poop bad and like <laughs> did you get my email did you get my like there's then there's like that that prima donna like it's like they put everybody in there it's, and then there's the drunk the old the old has been drunk actor like you know like mm -hmm. they did such a good job of putting all the people in and kind of showing like and I'm sure you know the director who made this and uh, <coughs> people involved like had experienced these things in the past so I love seeing that all just kind of shoved together um <coughs> and then even better beyond you know seeing these I don't know, stereotypes archetypes of of actors you know like bad actors in this in these movies we then get to see the director fuck with all of them essentially when, when the, so part of the conceit of this movie is that the director filming the one cut of the dead has to step in and become the director in the movie because mm -hmm. the actual actor they hired went off with the makeup woman and had an affair or something like that so they couldn't so she couldn't be there so you see him doing it and part of in this movie is the director in one cut of the dead in, in one cut of the dead the movie one cut of the dead um <clears throat> is um like again like abusive i did mention in the beginning and so he's abusive to these characters but he's abusive to them because he fucking hates the actors so the girl mm -hmm. is like not crying you know not not being you know crying enough and he's like, you know, pissed off at her from the, not doing the vomit thing because, you know, her agency wouldn't like that she gets thrown up on. And he's like, fuck you. Like, he yells at her. He's like, oh, <laughs> like, and then the guy who's been like uh, a dick and, uh, you know, the, the pop star who's been like kind of hard with him and like, I'm not doing that. Oh, this isn't right. Blah, blah, blah. He like slaps him in the face because that's what mm -hmm. the character's supposed to do. He actually hits him like really hard. <laughs> and like the kid brother brings it up and is like, why'd you hit me so hard? And he's like, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. It's, it's so great how he gets to, you know, like, seeing how all this builds up and what, how, like, you know, and yeah, like we get to see how the scenes in one cut of the dead um were affected by you know what happened in the um by what happened when the during the filming then we get to see how the filming was affected by what happened during the casting it's it's such a cool kind of cause and effect thing um yeah definitely 
So I got one question for you here, and it was something I was thinking of as well, because this is definitely kind of a backloaded movie in terms of you see the one cut of the dead first, and then you go ahead and you see the production behind it and the filming process behind it. Would you think this movie would have been as effective if it was reversed in terms of you see the buildup in terms of the production, and at the very end, the last half hour is just the final product? Absolutely not. I would have I would have turned it off. Uh, like, I, I, think, <clears throat> I think like I could appreciate watching it again, because I was thinking that too, and once they switched over, I don't think so. I think it would not have been as. I think you. I think it would have ended on a really bad note. I think the money shot of that scene, the money shot of this movie, was the human, um, the human pyramid filming the thing, mm-hmm. and it was that feeling of joy. I think to see the movie after would not have been nearly as interesting. Um, I agree. I don't know. It, it's, I think it's like watching, kind of like watching the room, and then watch and watching um, the disaster artist. I still really like the room. I think it's a funny movie, but <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> if you're reading the book everything you know i enjoy the the story behind the movie so much more than the actual movie now so like mm-hmm. the room was fun but now knowing that goes behind it it's cool and more interesting than actual watching the movie to me i don't know um mm-hmm. uh, i feel like yeah i don't know but uh, i was thinking the exact same thing but but yeah but you, do you agree uh yeah no i 100 percent agree i think it was very interesting in terms of how it uh just kind of went ahead and it took the um yeah, it was just always funny to see the layers being peeled on back on that front. And I think if it was building up the other way instead of kind of bamboozling us in the way it currently did, I, I don't think it would have been as effective. Mm. Well, I feel like what could have been done, you know, if they, almost went, if they ever wanted to redo this movie to a degree, would be to make it the opposite way, but make it seem like it's going really well. Like, make all the, the idiot stuff go through and have it seem like it's going really well, and then have the after effect be, like, a really shitty movie, you know? Mm, yeah. So it'd be kind of funny to watch all these people who, like, you know... In the you know in the dramatized um, <coughs> excuse me filming of it like oh man this is like Tom Cruise level acting and then it cuts mm-hmm. to the actual movie and the guy's like uh, hey 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 baby how, how's it going <laughs> like that would be amazing but I think like you know mm-hmm. it's like it's like when you read a um, you know watch a heist movie if you if you watch Ocean's Eleven and um, George Clooney's there telling you about how they're gonna break into the vault and it goes flawlessly you're kind of bored so. If you know, if we were to see, you know, if you if you see what you know is already going to happen, you're bored by it. So, like, I think seeing the the story, seeing the turnout first, and then watching how it got made is more interesting. Because you know, if you watch the other way, we'd already we'd have you know more or less seen every scene already happen just from a different perspective. And while mm-hmm. it can be like an insight, it's not necessarily entertaining. Yeah, and I don't think personally it would be as interesting if like the one kind of the dead the film within the film was actually good mm-hmm. because like you see it just standalone as it is and you're just like this is awful this is terrible why am i watching this movie and then as they go on in um and as you kind of get the story behind it it you know kind of endears you and i think it makes it more endearing because the final product is just not very good but you see the hearts that people did to do it and it's just like okay yeah it's a mess of a film but you know what i, I i've kind of grown to love the people behind the film so yeah. that's kind of nice and what I like it too, because like I feel like obviously they're fake. You know, people are fake. You know, we've already talked about how much we love the story behind Evil Dead. Um, <clears throat> we talked about you know it'd be cool to see like an Evil Dead making up movie. Um, but I, don't know, I always love like I can always appreciate. Uh, I know I, I always appreciate the story of how a movie gets made. Like I lo- like I, I love the like, the Nightmare on Elm Street documentaries they made, Never Sleep Again, or the Crystal Like Memories for Friday Thirteenth movies. Even though not all those movies are great seeing people's passion behind them and how they did them like i always think you know the making of it even even the fucking worst horror movie is usually really interesting um because how they did things how they rigged it up so i like that we get to see that you know in the context of one movie um because you know it's always you know even the shittiest movie 
there's always a lot of love that goes into it. Everybody tries their hardest, you know, something. So I think, uh, I don't know, you, you know, like, like you said, like, obviously, if it was seeing it better wouldn't be as interesting. You know, seeing it be a good movie would be harder because it would be like, okay, everything goes well, great. But mm-hmm. I always think it's the bad movies that end up being more interesting to learn about. Like, I don't want to hear about Stanley Kubrick like made uh, the shining like sure it's cool but like the, the product is what you want in that case and like i don't say i think he's a little pretentious but um you know i think like i don't know see, seeing a train wreck start to happen is always more interesting i feel like than seeing a i don't know a very overly studio or like clean movie made um mm-hmm. no, no. <laughs> sorry i keep coughing no it's okay makes sense absolutely um yeah a uh, couple other kind of facts as I was researching this movie a little bit, because, again, I didn't know much more than you did when I suggested this movie. Um, but, yeah, it's um, basically the whole movie was filmed in about eight days, which absolutely makes sense. Um, and the actual, like, one take they did for the very first 30 minutes actually took them six tapes takes in real life. Um, but what I found most interesting is there's actually a 2022 movie called Final Cut, and it is a French remake of this movie, and it kind of delves into the meta-ness of, like, a remake of a movie. So, Yo. yeah, it's based... Yes. Let me go what? ahead and send that just over to you real quick. What? Uh-huh. What? So, the Wikipedia description states, the film revolves around a crew remaking the film depicted in the original film. So, they're remaking the actual one cut in the dead. Uh, dead. Oh my god. Wait. Yeah. What? It also says on Wikipedia apparently sequels? What is this? Uh, yes. Uh, one of them was apparently filmed during COVID, and there was also like a little short film as well, a uh, sequel. Neither of them I've heard public perception says. It's like, it's all right. It's not as good as the original, though. Hmm. Do you do you have an idea for how like how a sequel would be? I was trying to think about that. Um, yeah, I don't think this is a movie that necessarily needs a sequel. Yeah. I think it stands alone really well on its own. Like, the characters are just developed enough to be interesting, but, like, they don't have anything more interesting. Maybe they could go ahead and do something a little bit more complex and kind of the hijinks behind it. But, I mean, this is a movie that kind of lives and dies on its premise in terms of a, this is a movie that kind of um, shows up and is... Um, the whole movie within a movie kind of premise in terms of this is shitty movie, but when you can see the background information, that seems like it's something that can only only work once. And I think a sequel to this would kind of be like, yeah, it's the same, but worse, which is kind of the public perception of the sequels from what I hear. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah. Um, do you know any other horror movies that are kind of like about making movies? <coughs> I mean, of course, we have the whole found footage subgenre, but... A lot of them are just like, you know, hey, I want to record what's going on in the woods. But, like, are there any other, like, horror movies about making movies that you can think of off the top of your head? Um. Huh. I mean, wasn't uh, As Above, So Below, they were making a documentary film about the catacombs? That's true, yeah, that was a documentary, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I do feel like horror usually allows itself to do that pretty easily. Oh, wait, apparently the... Spinoff, One Cut of the Dead spinoff actually does star Mao, uh, the, the, the girl from the first one. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, don't, I feel like there are a lot of horror movies about that. I feel like, um, I think like there's one like an asylum. I feel like there's a lot of straight-to-DVD ones. I feel like there's a lot of them that take place like an asylum, and they're like, we're going to go make a movie there, and then they end up getting murdered. Um, mm-hmm. what, wow, what is one? I, I, I've definitely seen a couple of them. Um, and I think, there's, I think there's a few about streamers, too, streamers who go to make their videos. Um I mean, you know, there's always the classic Halloween Resurrection. 
right? Right? Trying trying to make a web series about Michael Myers' (laughs) house, and then Michael Myers shows up. Oh, the best of the Halloween movies. I mean, the best since Halloween 5, so. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's a classic. I mean, I actually Mm -hmm. just uh, dropped a pretty good amount of money on the rest of the... um, the Shout Factory, uh, or Scream Factory, I suppose, is their offshoot uh, of their very, like, high-quality um, Halloween uh, releases. So now I have all of them, one through uh, Resurrection, in all, like, their fancy 4K Blu-rays, so I'm really excited. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, anyway, yeah, I, I think that is a genre, but I don't think many of them do it this way. Like, I don't think many of them are actually about making a horror movie. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of them are about making a horror movie, but, the, but that's the horror movie, and I think I don't think many of them are actually about making one. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, like, you know, the other one would be, um, like we just said, um, The Disaster Artist would have played the one I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if that's as, the same as much. I don't know. I think The, mm-hmm. the Disaster Artist, I feel like, is... I, I think The Disaster Artist also is, you know, wholesome to a degree in the sense of, you know, like, these characters obviously are trying. I think that's part of what the story of Mark is, kind of accepting Johnny for who he is, but also, like realizing it's it's a bad situation um but mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I can't think of as many that are like this positive though i've heard what's that what's that movie um the fablemans isn't that about making movies i have not heard of that one no oh i, mean, I think like one academy award it was uh it's the new it's the steven spielberg ron howard film i think the fablemans right it was like it, it was clear oscar bait but apparently it's about like um steven spielberg's childhood i think yeah it's uh, yeah it, i believe is it yeah it's about steven spielberg like his, mm-hmm. it's autobiographical. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to watch it because I'm not in a prestige film. But I mean, I've heard I've heard good things. Gotcha, gotcha. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now I was just kind of thinking about that because generally when it's talking about horror movies um, that are found footage um, or horror movies about making horror movies or horror movies that regard film in some way, it's usually about uh, you know a found footage in some aspect. But yeah. yeah. Well, that's what kind of confused me. That's, that's why I was so confused about whether or not this was found footage when I first started it. And I, I based on the picture and stuff and the, you know, the, mm-hmm. I, I, again, I didn't really do much research. I just, like, I basically looked at the movie poster and, like, read mm-hmm. a quick description. Um, that's what I thought this was going to be. I thought this was going to be, like, a found footage horror movie. You know, like the the kind of, you know, misleading uh, IMDb summary tells you where it's a movie about mm-hmm. people making a movie who get attacked by zombies. That's what I was expecting. Um, which, if it is that, as that movie, terrible. As a movie about people making that movie, <laughs> amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Though, um, actually, this reminds me, have you seen or have you heard of um, Behind the Mask, the story of Leslie Vernon, I think that's what it's called? Uh, no. Oh, we should add that to our list. Uh, I was thinking about it when we were okay. watching this. It's basically about a film crew who goes to film a serial killer. And like mm-hmm. this is set in the universe of like like where Freddy and Jason them exist, and you're like basically watching like another kind of Jason serial killer, and he's like, oh you know, I'll talk, he tells you like how about how he plans things and what he does, and like oh you know I set traps here, you know it's kind of hard to find people sometimes, like you know you gotta find the right person, and like you, they're following it's that film following him around, uh, basically, um, it's it's really good, it's uh and it you know it's uh a lot of nods and a lot of like cameos and stuff, um, but then also it's it kind of also creates sort of like another like jason-like character but like yeah mm-hmm. uh an artificial jason i guess i don't know uh, but it, it, it reminded I, this gave me a lot of those feelings at first uh when i was kind of like you know about how the making of the movie um but we should add that to our list mm-hmm. 
definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can go ahead and get that in the list as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking about this movie over and over again, One Cut of the Dead, and I'm just kind of like smiling just the small moments here and there. Like, it is dopey at some point. It's like the uh, palm lady, the, 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 the one who has martial arts experience, like apparently her characteristic is that she gets way too into her role, so they actually have to like physically knock her out during filming. Um, like, it just it's ridiculous stuff like that. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm and of course, the water, the water bottle guy. Did you oh. get my email? I have to use the specific water bottle. Yeah, uh, like, is this heavy water? Uh, it'll, I'll get diarrhea. And, she, and the girl's just like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's just like, something very uniquely Japanese about that type of humor. Yeah, well, there really is. Um, well, and like, and they, we haven't really talked about it too much, but I, I will say, and I we've hinted at it at least, but like, you know, for a movie like this, for a movie that is a really shitty first horror movie and then kind of plays on a gimmick of making that movie, you, you'd think that, you know, with, with all the characters, you know, with all the... Um, the cast I mentioned of like kind of problematic actors and like you know tough to work with people. There's like there's a real heart to and like we we mentioned the heart of it, but like character development wise of like and I think that you know the, the shining stars of this movie are the director and his daughter in their relationship. And that's mm-hmm. what a lot of this movie is about. It's about this director and his daughter. The daughter, um, you know, the daughter is distant and thinks he's kind of lame. Um, and he is kind of like he's a director who's known for I think his his his, um, his catchphrase is like cheap simple and it, you get an okay movie like you know it's, it's not mm-hmm. a prestige of like i can do it for cheap and make it look great his his entire thing was like i can do it for cheap and it will look okay uh <laughs> you know like that that was his entire thing and like i think that's part of what we get this idea that his daughter like is also going um you know i think she's like a what do you call it the person who helps on films uh uh what is the director key grip yeah i think she's like yeah something like that a grip something like uh-huh. that and i think she's like you know she's trying to get well grip set up sets up lights oh so. no Nate on a gopher, a gopher, I don't know she is, but she's, she's just kind of there. Um, and she suddenly really believes in the heart of the film. Like we see a scene of her trying to uh, basically uh, talk this little girl who doesn't want to be doing it. For, you know, she, this kid doesn't want to be doing something. And she's like, no, no, you have to do this. You know, for the art of the film, you have to do this. It'll look good. It'll be good. And then the mom comes over like, no, nah, I don't want my daughter doing this. Like, Shut the fuck up. You don't understand. This is going to be great. And like, mm-hmm. you know, goes off the handle kind of like this mom because she wants this thing to be done. Because um, she knows she's really passionate about it. And I think there's this conflict between her not thinking that her dad's passionate because he has that idea of, like, you know, I'm trying to make things work. I'm going to, you know, work with people I know. He has that kind of, like, out of that laid back, like, it's almost like somebody who, like, um, I don't know, self-taught themselves to do plumbing versus somebody who went to, like, plumber school and, like, knows, like, she's, like, knows all, like, the art behind it and stuff. And, like, the reason, and he's like, yeah, I know how to do it. I can do it. But, like, I'm not going to, like, you know, I'm not going to be high and mighty about it. Um, and I think, and, like, you know, so she, you can tell that she has like, a bad image of him and doesn't, like, respect him for his work. And, you know, um, but at the end of the story, like, you know, she starts to see him try so hard and like, you know, he's willing to step into acting. He's willing, you know, he really is so passionate about it. And like, he, you know, she sees him like taking the abuse from like the idol and from like the pop star by being like, yeah, okay, yeah, you know, we'll we'll bend the story we wrote. It's fine. Whatever, you know, whatever, fine. Yeah. But then when he, you know, she sees him like slapping him, be like, yo, fuck you. Like like the actual anger in him, like seeing that he's willing to kind of compromise to get something done. Um, And, you know, she starts respecting him more and more as he goes. And at the end, she finds that picture that... Um, you know, kind of saves the movie. She finds that he's been basically carrying around a picture of him and her together. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, that the picture of him basically giving her that piggyback, which gives her the idea of using the human pyramid. Um, I, I just, I, I thought that was really well crafted. I'm not, I'm not explaining it well, but there is a through line of a, a father daughter story in this kind of coming to terms and yes, getting to definitely. accept each other, which I think is really well done. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's the director wants to kind of just impress his daughter or just kind of connect with her in that way through this movie. And, yeah, it, it is kind of like that sweet, um, 
yeah, it's just the sweet undertone to this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Like, we, we talked beforehand. I'm not sure what else to talk about with this movie. Like, it's a fun movie. It's not especially a deep movie. It doesn't really have a lot of themes or that sort of thing. But, yeah, it, it is a nice little heartwarming, fun movie about making movies. So, yeah, and I, I, am, yeah. I was happy with this. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't think we usually do comedies. Like, obviously, we did do Bro Party Massacre um, and mm-hmm. a couple of... But I feel like it's Tucker always hard to criticize. Yeah. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Dale vs. Evil. I, I think it's always hard for us to criticize. Like, I'm not, I, don't have, I don't have nitpicks in a comedy as much of my, like, very minute details I don't like. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's, it's hard for us to, like, I feel like go into too much on it. Um, because, you know, I think, I, like, you know, we said, well, it's, it's an experience watching it. It's, I think it's, like, you know, when we do our ratings at the end of the year, this might be my, like, surprise uh, uh, bring it on uh, cheer or <laughs> sure die. die. Like this might be the cheer or die of the year for me because it, it was such an enter. It was and it was that same kind of idea where like you know you're at the end of cheer or die, mm-hmm. human pyramid possibly. Um, you know like it was that maybe human pyramids and movies is just what get me. Um, but like wholesome and it, like mm-hmm. such a happy movie. You know for for a horror podcast, kind of weird to talk about that, but like these wholesome scenes just get me so well and like, it's such a wholesome, yeah. like, positive movie. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think that's kind of like a pet peeve of mine in terms of horror movies. Like, oh, it's a horror movie. It can't be happy. Now, like, horror movies are on the spectrum. Like, there's body horror. There's, like, slashers. There's kind of psychological horror. There's religious horror. But at the same time, like, each one of those could still have moments of drama, moments, moments of comedy, and moments of that. I, I, horror movies run the spectrum a lot wider than most other genres. And that's one thing I do absolutely love about horror movies. Um yeah, so it's just, it's very interesting kind of see the dichotomy between a thriller like Eden Lake, which is what we did last uh, oh God. Yeah. episode, and then this one right here, like, they could not be more different, and it is, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all here for it, and I, I love the variety, mm-hmm. so, yep, yeah, good stuff. And, and you think about it, too, like, you know, um, I don't think, so we did this, we did um, Pulse, what, what, are, I know we did another Japanese film, what was it? Oh, um. Uh, Bel Royale. Do we do? Do we do a fourth? Yes. I don't believe so. I'm looking through our list right now to see what we've done. Um, I, I, I'm just like thinking. Like, I feel like there is a you know in all three of these films there is. Well. Oh, we did the Japanese remake of Cube. Oh yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. Uh, no, oh, okay. How could we? No Roy the Curse. Oh my god. How no. did we forget that one? Love that one. All right. I, I'm not gonna uh-huh. lie. We. I say. How can I forget that? but I've mostly forgotten about that movie. <laughs> I could not tell you much about what happened in that movie at this point in my life. Um, but, I, okay, I'm, I'm, I don't remember that one. I'm not going to speak to that. Uh-huh. But uh, we did do the ritual that was... Oh, well, not the ritual, never mind. I was thinking of the wailing. We did do that one. No, we did do that one. I think it's uh-huh. on our list, though. Uh, but, like, but I'm saying, like, you know, I feel like, you know, even Battle Royale, there is, um, and I think definitely in um, Pulse, there is, a, like, in this movie, there's a big push for kind of coming together. And like, mm-hmm. um, you know, Battle Royale, obviously about kids killing each other, but you know, the idea is that they, they should be coming together, they could be working together. It's everybody who separates and gets on their own that dies off easily, and it's, you know, the people who try to work together, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes tragically die when they start suspecting each other the wrong way. Um, but I think there is this, big, you know, and, and, and I think that this is, uh, you know, I don't want to ascribe a uh, generality to a culture that I'm not part of, but I do think that, you know, that, that there is always a lot of themes in Japanese films about working together and kind of coming together. Yeah, I think that's obviously one of the positive messages you can have, and I think this movie and Pulse is about that. Pulse is about how isolation is a danger. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to see that across these three movies, again, I don't remember Norai at all. Probably about coming together, I think, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know the girls go together and they start getting killed off. Um, I know there's that ending is weird, but I can't remember how it ended. Um, 
But I, I just have that, I find that really interesting. And, you know, I, it's probably why, why I really enjoy watching um, these movies is because they, you know, they all have this kind of positive theme that we're working together. Uh, you know, even if the outcome at the end of those movies is kind of sad, the, the backing behind it is about working together, coming together. Um, and this one, I think, just has that the most. Um, but I, I just found it really interesting that all three of those movies have that, I think, as a very strong element to them. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's probably a big part of just the whole Japanese culture in general in terms of the collectivist um, is put more, there's more emphasis on collectivism than there is on individualism. And of course, that's caused a lot of problems, but at the same time, you know, you go to Japan, you could see it, even most Asian countries, you go to, we both lived in Korea for years, you could see it there too, in terms of, yeah, a lot of people were, you know, combined or abide by social norms and social rules for the betterment of society. Um the, the most basic example is just the train system over there. Everyone lines up in the exact same place. Everyone gets left off the train first and then put back on. There's a certain order of things. And if you step outside that order, people look at you very funny. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, I think it kind of stems from that, too. Mm-hmm. And then if you come to Massachusetts, yeah. everyone's just an asshole. Uh, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I really appreciate that. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's, I don't think it's a very deep rooting of the movie, but I just think it's, it's one that I really appreciate. Uh, again, mm-hmm. much like the classic, the amazing Bring It On, Shoot or Die. All, same, <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Um, Good stuff. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much to our opening band. That is Teddy's Atlas with the Son Horror Movie Story. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys. Uh, See you next time for our next episode. Until then, stay groovy.